Now, in 2010, this guy had a fantastic season and ended up being in the All-Australian team. A marvellous achievement for the Melbourne Football Club. Uh, he rocked for the Ds for uh, about 150 games. And we say good evening to Mark Chamber. G'day, Russian. G'day, Jack. Thanks for having me, mate. Oh, thanks for joining us this evening. Thanks, Really appreciate you giving us some of your time, mate. Um, how are we finding yourself tonight, mate? What are we up to? I'm actually heading into uh, Dolphins and St Kilda to pick up takeaway for my in-laws' wedding anniversary. Ooh, so, um, what's for What's for dinner? Yeah, I don't know. My, my missus ordered it, and I'm just uh, charged with going for a drive and picking it up, mate. But, uh, <laughs> Sounds familiar. I'd rather, I'd rather do that than bust the kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's so true. Enough. That is so true. Oh, very good. Now, um, footy, I want to touch on that, mate. Great career you had at the Ds. Um, what are your thoughts about this um, 2021 Melbourne side uh, going through this season? Yeah, well, I mean, for all Melbourne supporters out there, it's obviously uh, pretty exciting. And um, I-, I can't remember certainly a year where the boys have been this dominant uh, across the year. And, uh, I mean, look, to uh, what, they dropped three games? The whole year, is that right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, feels a lot two, more. Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, um, sitting top, and I think a big game this week, first versus second. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting for all Melbourne people. Yes, it is. Unfortunately, we see, we, uh, I, I hear that you're a Collingwood assistant coach at the minute, so not quite, your heart, not quite red and blue still. Oh, look, I'm, I'm part-time at the Pies. I do sort of one, one session a week with the big boys down there, just um, trying to help help the rucks out and um, give them a bit of, uh, you know, try and pass on some of the stuff that I learned over 15 years and also, you know, just, just be a, a sounding board for them to bounce ideas off. And, you know, all, all big guys need, you need someone in your corner and you need someone that's played in your position and understands. I think um, footy clubs can, can lose sight of that at times, so it's good to have... You know, not, not a soft ear, but someone that's, that's in your corner and can sort of vouch for you at times when when things may not uh, be perceived to be going well. Uh, yeah, so there this, this season, I was at Essendon for nearly five full seasons before that. Um, COVID cut last year short, but um, yeah, I've been very fortunate, I guess, to be working in footy since about 2002. Yeah, Mark, was it here? Um, just in regards to Ruckman, you obviously hey, t- hey, you're doing a bit of work with Grundy at the moment. Uh, you would have seen Gorn sort of come in early, but and they're, they're different players, especially with uh, Grundy with the way he gets across the, the ground. But what, where, where are you putting Ruckman at the moment? Who's your sort of top Ruckman going around? We've got Goldstein, who's, who's mine because I'm north, but uh, what type of Ruckman do you like? Yeah, Goldie just never seems to go away, does he? He's always... Um He's always thereabouts. You might sometimes think he's on his last legs and he comes out and has a year like he's having now. So, um, no, he's a special player, Todd. But um, I, I still think, you know, Brody, Maxi, Big Matt are probably your top three. Um, there's a lot of guys emerging as well. Nowadays, Ruckman just seems to be so much more athletic and, and talented. So, you know, the likes of myself um, coming through the ranks now might not even get looked at. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a good time to be a good young athletic ruckman in footy, I believe. Unless, unless you're a Geelong, they probably would be uh, loving a player of your sort down there at the moment, I think. 
Yeah, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you, I mean, obviously you don't want to give away trade secrets, but a guy like yourself, a big, tall, strong lad, um, is, it just seems like that's what's missing from Geelong. Are you surprised they've never actually gone for a big, big-sized ruckman like, um, like yourself uh, with the midfield they've had around you instead of the athletics types? Yeah, well, maybe someone like Campbell. Yeah. They could have gone for someone like him. And, and yeah, look, obviously the Zach Smith and um, Reese Stanley, you know, tag team probably didn't quite work out. And I think, obviously, yeah, Stanley's still there. And um, I do see him play some good footy sometimes. I know Pixar goes in there a bit, but the big rat as well. So, yeah, look, I don't watch a lot of Geelong, but... Um, I don't, I don't know. So the clubs have their ideas on how they want the big men to play, but um, I still think the hit-out to advantage and a guy that can really provide your mids with first use is just so hard to find. Um, you know, history can show that there's a lot of ruckmen that have won a lot of hit-outs, but if you can't get it to your mids um, or if you're not in sync with your mids, then um, it's a bit of a waste. Hey, Mark, it's Locke here. Um... I'm a big fan of the uh, educated sledge, right? Could, who, who, when you were playing, was the best sledger going around? Best sledger? Yeah. <laughs> oh, in Melbourne's team was Travis Johnston, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would he, what would he say? He would just pick you apart about 10 seconds, make you feel about... You know, That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was just, yeah, he was just so clever. Um, <laughs> and there was guys I played against, like Spider Everett, uh, these sort of guys. Uh, who else? Spider uh, Everett strikes me as someone, it didn't matter what you would say to him, he'd just have a, he'd have an answer for it. No, I, and one day I, I might have got a bit, he just clocked me on the jaw. I play. <laughs> just just kept running like it was nothing. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Any square ups? I think, I think I tried to get him with the knee the next contest. But, um, yeah, no, big spider. He was a good player. Good player. Um, was... Yeah, with, with Collingwood now, mate, so how are you oh, saying? Ben Hudson. Ben uh-huh. Hudson, he was one. He just yeah. didn't stop talking the whole game. <laughs> I, I was mates with him, so well, I got on well with him. So we'd sort of have a bit of a, a chuckle, but... Yeah, you could always hear him just getting into everyone. It was it was incredible. It was Rocket Ed that described him as the smartest. Uh, well, was it the dumbest smart guy he's ever? <laughs> was it, you know, was that sort? Did that no, fit? Well, I know he's a physio, and um, you know he was a mature age recruit. So obviously, he, he figured out, um, you know, whilst being a professional, how to how to you know play good footy and, and become a, an AFL player. So I think he played at three three or four clubs. So um, good on him. Now, your time now at Collingwood, you're having a bit to do with, uh, obviously, Buckley and Harvey. How's all that panning out? Yeah, well, obviously, um, yeah, I was there, obviously, while Bucks was there. Bucks was one of the guys that got me on board, and um, I was very fortunate to be able to work with Nathan, and, yeah, grateful that he gave me an opportunity. Um, we only sort of had a chat after round one. I think they'd identified that um, they needed someone looking after the rucks, and... I know that soft cap now in footy makes it hard because a lot of teams had to trim off, um, you know, different coaching positions. So I understand why, you know, maybe every club didn't have a, you know, someone in the in the ruck sort of coach position. But um, yeah, obviously they identified that it was important and they and they needed it. So you know, I come on board after round sort of officially after round two, and um, 
yeah, I've been fortunate enough to work with with Bucks, and then obviously Robert Harvey was a. It was sort of oh, one of my idols as a kid. You know, going to school and hearing about a guy who used to run 10k to training, run home and jumped off a table and snapped his plantar fascia and all these, you know, old oh, wives' tales. But um, getting to work with him was just is just fantastic, and, and he's a lovely guy and a really genuine, down to earth bloke. And um, yeah, I'm very, I guess, very fortunate to um, to be able to work part time at the Pies. By all, by all means, um, apparently, I, everyone's been saying that Brody Grunny's had a down year. Um, the stats don't say it, but a lot of uh, commentators have pointed out that he's not having a big impact as he could have. Have you seen that? Oh, look, you know, he's judged so hard because his best is, is so good. And I think that it's not, not fair at times that, um, you know... I said to him, I said, you know, some of your core numbers are better than my best numbers. And I and I can't work out why some people are, you know, critical. But um, Brody's a fantastic player and he's got so much upside and, um, you know, he's a very smart, intelligent guy and I, I love working with him. And it's actually great just to see him as well at training. Like, there's some young, young lads and some sort of, like, international rookie-type players that... You know, him and Max Lynch and the other guys just, after training, take them aside and just show them different moves and different styles of rock. And, you know, to see see someone who's sort of at the pinnacle um, of their game and uh, maybe in the competition just gives so much to a guy that may not ever play the game. It's it's just a beautiful thing. And, and Mark, what about uh, Mason Cox? Have you had much to do with him? I know he's forward, but he's still... He's got a lot to learn. A little bit with Mace, yeah. I don't do a lot with him ruck-wise, but I'll do a fair bit of uh, marking with Mace sort of at the end of training once some boys start to head inside. Big Mason's always the last on the track, so people probably don't know that about Mason. He actually spends more time out on the track than, than anyone. Um, every session I've been there, he's been the last out there, and when all the coaches are in, sometimes he's still out there kicking, kicking goals, so... Um, yeah, he probably doesn't get uh, recognised for that around the competition, but um, yeah, he's someone that I'm able to work with, and he's a, he's a nice guy as well. I think everyone thinks he's a bit cocky and whatever because of the because of the celebrations and the on-field stuff. But uh, he's American, he's actually, you know, very, very nice, uh, down-to-earth guy as well. I, I, I like the fact when he gets up and about because he, I think he actually plays better, and when he's playing well, the, the, the team seems to do well. So. We've we've yeah, also no, got he, he definitely he's definitely got a lot of upside. So. Yeah, no, we've also got Lockie here, uh, Mark, who's a mad Richmond man. So he's absolutely head over heels in love with uh, Mason Cox. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, it takes haunting, it? He destroyed yeah. the dynasty. Right. Good on him too. Absolutely. What do you mean, good tip on him? Tip that. To Come him. on. Um, yeah, tell me, Mark, I want to know, uh, it's this, this thing about Melbourne and Ruckman. Um, it's happened since uh, probably Jim Steins have come through. We've had Jeff White, uh, Darren Jolly, yourself, and then Max Gorn. Just great Ruckman in the AFL. Um, did, did you get taught how to, I mean, is it just a flow-on effect from who's before you? Um, no, I wouldn't say I was great. I, I think I probably took a while to mature and then had a couple of, uh, good seasons and was able to be pretty effective, you know, with guys like Brett Maloney making me look good, so um, you know, I wouldn't say that I was probably in the same um, upper echelon as, you know, the Whites and the Steins and, and even like Joel's, but um, look, I, I do 
think sometimes. Yeah, we have had a good run at Ruckman, and um, look, Whitey was obviously number one when I got there, and Jeff and I are two very different kind of players. He could just kick beautifully on, on both feet, and I couldn't kick on either foot <laughs> when I arrived. He actually tried to help me with my kicking at one point, but... Uh, yeah, and then obviously someone like Darren Jolly, who we all knew could play footy, but the timing for him was, was right to go on to Sydney at the time, and then, you know, he won a flag, and, and obviously ended up at Collingwood winning a flag, and he was a, a great ruckman for a long time, and I always used to try and uh, set myself a big challenge against Joel, because obviously we were both at Melbourne together, and you know, I chose to stick around, and um, obviously, eventually, you know, when Whitey retired, I was able to take over and Paul Johnson and I probably jostled for that position for, for a year or two before I finally um, grabbed it so yeah I, I think obviously and then Big Max coming through was, mm. was fantastic uh, I think Melbourne drafted really well by you know taking a chance on Big Maxi even though he had a couple of knee recos at the time um, he won the goal kicking in the in the under 18s after only playing maybe half a season so even as a tall forward option, Big Max, he would have been, mm. you know, pretty lethal. And obviously, and yeah, he had to sort of battle with me um, and Big Jake Spencer and even Jack Fitzpatrick there uh, for a long time before before he got his sort of look at it. So, yeah, yes. I probably think the Ruckman at Melbourne had to do a fair apprenticeship before getting a go, probably apart from Whitey. Um, Jim Steins, everyone knows the apprenticeship he had to do. And Whitey was obviously a freeo and come across as a, as a boom recruit, but... Yeah, I think we've all had to sort of do our time and, and really earn our spot, and I think that holds you in good stead. Yeah, and it also looks like it's going to continue with Luke Jackson, who um, seems to be um, a good prospect, and going forward, hopefully, he, he continues his upward projection as well. I mean, what have you made of his uh, rucking careers thus far? Well, I don't I don't get to watch a lot of Melbourne. Um, my wife will kill me if I watch too much footy, but <laughs> he, uh, he, I've obviously scouted him before we've played uh, before Collingwood have played and uh, I think for a guy his size his age the ability he's got already is is quite special so I think he's got yeah the sky's the limit for him oh that's exciting um, and just on Max Gorn um, you obviously saw him when he first arrived at the club there's a few stories about cigarettes and smoking and getting caught <laughs> and all this sort of stuff um, what did you notice first about him when he rocked in um, at the Melbourne Footy Club Oh, Gorney, Gorney's had the same personality since the day he rocked up. So obviously yeah, he's yes. very, very witty, very clever, and uh, he's very, very likable. But when you rock up as an 18-year-old, um, talking like that amongst a few of the big boys, uh, you can rub a few people up the wrong way, which is exactly what he did. <laughs> uh, then you know, getting caught smoking on the way to training, and um, yeah, being very sure of himself, as I'll put it. Um, <laughs> yeah, early days he probably ruffled a few feathers but that's that's Max and um, he's, he's got a good heart and it, it's coming from a good place he's not he's not a bad guy he's um, he's obviously a very good guy a very loving caring guy so um, I think initially he was probably just misunderstood and um, as guys sort of learned what he was like and understood him um, obviously everyone loves him everyone loves Maxi so um, yeah I'm, I'm really proud of him and I give him a few blood noses and and uh, blood lips are training over the years, and um, yeah. he definitely, yeah, like I, I've got no dramas with, um, you know, stepping aside at the end of my career to, you know, not not let Big Maxi come through because he he took the spot. But um, obviously, I don't feel 
I don't feel any let down or anything. I feel like that was a natural progression and quite proud that, um, you know, Big Maxie took my spot. And at the end of your, you mentioned the end of your career there, you had that little stint back at Essendon, um, which would have been a very tough time to go there. Obviously, with your experience, you would have had more than just a playing role. What, what did they say to you when you walked in the door there at Essendon with all that was going on? Well, actually, I was keen to play on a Melbourne another year, but um, for whatever reason, the people in charge at the time didn't handle that very well. Um, and then I was offered another year by another club, um, which I turned down. Just uh, They had a ruckman at the time that I thought would have played a lot of footy and, and I probably wouldn't get a game. So I thought, you know, there's no point going somewhere and playing in the twos all year after, uh, you know, 14 seasons. So, yeah. Did that club have a name? Uh, that was sort of... <laughs> Sorry? Did that club have a name? Uh, North Melbourne. Ah, <laughs> North. Right. Well, uh, and then funnily enough, turned out the year, that was the year that Goldie got a bit injured, so it would have been fine oh. to go there. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I, um, yeah, I just started, renovated my house and started working and um, bits and pieces. And uh, then Essendon called and said, oh, do you want to come and do some, some coaching? Uh, Mark Neild was there and uh, Guy McKenna and... They called me up and had a meeting with them, and then um, yeah, I was set to start there in the January. And then uh, first day on there was the day that the boys got banned. So Ooh. it just turned out that um, you know they needed ten guys to suit up, and um, yeah, I said yeah, bloody oath, I'd love to play um, because I yeah I like competing and um, I enjoy it. So I was a bit unfit, but that's okay. <laughs> so speaking speaking of enjoying it, are you still pulling the boots on and going for a kick at local footy when we're allowed? Yeah, when we're allowed, that's the that's the key point, isn't it? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. the I'm playing. Um, I play up in Oyen, which is a, a town oh. south of Mildura. Yes. So I um I had a few teammates play there that I'd played with in Darwin um, for a few seasons, and yeah, they sort of got in my ear and um, ended up yeah. So I commute there probably eight to ten games a year, and um, nice. Yeah, can't speak highly enough about the club and the, and the players. And um, Dallas Willsmore is playing there, former Hawthorne um, player. Dallas's home club is um, yeah, is Ogden. So yeah, no, it's, it's a good club. And when my wife lets me get away, I, I like going for a kick. <laughs> There's a lot of crossover from that uh, sort of Sunraysia area up to the Northern Territory League. So I was a couple of years up at Robinvale up there. And oh, yeah. A lot of those boys used to go in the uh, well, in the summer season up to Northern Territory and play up there. Yeah, definitely. I think most clubs up in North Northern Territory have, you know, five or six fly-ins. Uh, I know now they've capped it and we... I was at Southern Districts and, um, yeah, we had a lot of issues because we had guys that were lo- uh, Southern Districts natives that were living in Alice Springs or Catherine or Queensland. They just wanted to come back and play footy for their club, but they were considered fly-ins, even though that was their junior club. They'd played there since under 10. So, um, yeah, it gets a bit political up north. And, uh, but yeah, obviously the league needs the fly-ins just to help maintain the uh, strength of the comp. Now, now, Mark, um, you nicknamed the Russian. Now, we're actually having this chat before the show. Born Um, in Port Pirie, South Australia. Yeah, not quite uh, near the Soviet Union. Um, I'm guessing it's your last name? (laughs) Nah, so I'm half Dutch, half Italian, so I'm not (laughs) at all. Who gave you that one, then? David David Schwartz and... um, I think David Schwartz and Craig Ellis, my first sort of week at Melbourne, they 
they were sort of going through, um, you know, Nita the German and Bizzle the Frenchman and, you know, la la la, and then they get to me and it's, oh, big Russian. <laughs> Game of the Russian. I'm like, I'm not fucking... Oh. <laughs> and uh, I hated it. And then, you know, what, what good thing about nicknames is when you hate them, they stick. They so, stick. Who did you, um, who did you barrack for? If you're, if you're a South Australian, you're a Groves. Right. Yeah. So, Sean yeah, Wren. So obviously, Sean Wren, David Pittman, yeah. Robren, yeah, these guys. So, yeah, I was sort of barracking for them, obviously, 96, uh, 97, 98. They were pretty successful. And, um, yeah, I actually did a pre-season at the Crows after I got overlooked in the national draft. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Melbourne had a pick in the rookie draft before the Crows did, so that's how I ended up in Melbourne. Snapped you up. Hopefully your food's not cold, Mark. I really uh, really <laughs> hope that we haven't delayed you too much. But just want to touch on nah, the 20... Oh, good. Oh, good. Great, great. Uh, 2010, uh, you got in the All-Australian team. Was that a surprise, or did, did you think you uh, earned that one? It's a hard one because I think I'd been building for a few seasons, but just was so unlucky with injury. And I think as a ruckman, I was um, at that age where you start to sort of peak. And I just have memories of that year, just being able to take a lot of big grabs and um, being pretty dominant in the air with my, with my ruck work. And um, Dean Cox was injured a bit that year, which obviously helps. Um, so me and Big Sandlands were the two ruckmen yeah. in the team, and I was named on the bench, but. I'll take that. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty proud of that. And I think I was probably having a nearly even even better year in 2011. But unfortunately, I tried to hurt Big Sam Jacobs with my knee. And I did my PCL, so right. a bit of karma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit of karma. I was um, funny that year at the vote count. I was I'd missed uh, I think six games or seven games, um, and then I put the B and F results up. And I was just, just second behind Beamer oh. after missing six or seven games. So I must have been quite a way out in front. Um, so, yeah, who knows what could have been had I not tried to yeah. be too aggressive in the centre bounce. But, um, you know, that's life and, and things happen for a reason. So that is what it is. Oh, I like it that you're telling it how it is too. Yeah, it's good. No, it's good. Hey, Mark, we'll leave it there, buddy. No, thank you so much for your time this evening, mate. Hopefully, as I said, your food's not cold, but uh, it's been great reminiscing about just a champion career. And um, look, as a Melbourne supporter, it was a lot of love your way. Uh, thanks very much, boys, and thanks for having me. And um, yeah, all the best for you guys and your respective teams for the rest of the season. <laughs> thanks, Appreciate Mark. it, mate. Good on you, Mark Jamer, there, former Demon All Australian. Also uh, at the Bombers, and now, as you mentioned, he was at the Pies. And he's not Russian.